Hey guys and welcome to the Sustainable Grid podcast. My name is Sairaj and the co-host for today is Lalit Dash. Today is episode number 2 of the Sustainable Grid podcast and we'll be speaking to you about sustainable growth for startups in a post-covid era. We are speaking about this today because obviously the current situation the covid-19 pandemic has put in front of businesses and in front of startups in particular challenges that seem to be insurmountable in nature they have made the survival of medium small and large corporations extremely hard and that in itself has created such a challenge not only for those businesses trying to survive but also for the consumers who are trying to get the goods that they want amidst this challenge and to speak about it and to give us a little more detail about his own startup today amongst us we have mr prithvi kumar he is the co-founder and the managing director of a company called Athitva Private Limited and he also owns another company called Prithvi Bleachers we are extremely proud to have you today amongst us sir and we are waiting for you to share your experiences with us welcome to the podcast hey i'm really excited to be here too thanks for having me and i'd like to uh, really congratulate st joseph's college of commerce and the entire team responsible for the international webinar series on sdg i think uh, kudos on this initiative guys thank you so much sir thank you so much so uh, first off before we start off with the main topic we're going to speak of today can you go ahead and like shed a little bit of light on your experience your startup what does it do and how you maintain sustainability uh, sure so So, so my startup's called Atitva Private Limited, and what we're trying to achieve here is really sort of redefine the services supply chain. Okay, yes. and we're uh, currently focused a lot bit on the development aspect, and of course, we have a minimal service out there in the market, a minimal minimal service suit, if I may, okay. and it's constantly taking feedbacks from uh, our customers, and uh, we're 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 right now focused in the development uh, stage and the flag bearer being the hospitality sector and okay. our focus is to you know sort of work on the niche areas of services rather than generic areas where we have a lot of startups working uh, in today's context yes sir thank you uh, thank you sir that actually makes so much sense in terms of hospitality industry which happens to be mm-hmm. a industry that has taken hit because of you know the current covid-19 pandemic and the subsequent lockdown so yes true. so that's yeah. true Now, like uh, uh, like adding on to sairaj's point so what is the typical journey of startup and how have you maintained sustainability in your startup because we all know how drastically the hospitality industry was hit during the covid times mhm so uh, for the first part of your question a typical journey of a startup uh, truly speaking lalit uh, everything about a startup is atypical if i may put it uh, that way mm-hmm. and a typical journey either comes uh, from a founder who is a an entrepreneur by principle mm-hmm. wherein he just wants to be an entrepreneur and the other uh, perhaps is someone who stumbles across a product or or, or a service suite that he is built mm-hmm. uh, and so he sort of wants to build a company around it and you know take it forward for better understanding of what i am trying to say i think a good read would be rashmi bansal's book stay hungry oh, okay. stay foolish 
she she uh, sort of uh, differentiates the various entrepreneurs and their stories i think that's that's a good read for you guys and yes, the second part of your question if i may uh sustainability can be achieved through efficiency and resource utilization which is something that uh, we've really been particular about okay yes. and at atitwa the overall governance philosophy itself ensures mm-hmm. that you know we have uh, sustainability e- e- as part of our ethos and mm-hmm. uh, as far as sustainability goes i think it's a natural consequence for us rather than a a, a clear cut objective i think that's how we operate and uh, uh, because we are not yet a really big enterprise i think we are able to hang in there though Uh, the hospitality industry is hit uh, mm-hmm. thanks to our prudence of course uh, and i think i think that sums up uh, the answer to your question makes yeah. sense makes sense sir. so uh, i'm i'm actually quite glad that you brought up the stay hungry stay foolish i think i uh, remember recount that it was steve jobs in a speech who said stay hungry stay foolish and it yeah. this yeah. huge thing and he spoke about when he spoke about the struggles when he was coming up with the concept or when apple in itself was in the conception stages when he used to walk to the shri krishna temple in his city and eat there because mm-hmm. he didn't have money to eat food so yes sir uh, that actually gave me a lot of memories regarding that speech but uh, <laughs> now sir speaking of sustainability and uh, you know how people conceive sustainability in general they usually mm-hmm. related to environment and when they do related to only environment and corner it there what happens is that they feel sustainability means you know uh, trying to lower uh, anything that comes in in terms of production trying to lower the pollution that production creates for them sustainable true, true. future means that a uh, factory not putting out enough waste in the river and like actually being more sustainable in the production is where it starts and ends so i think uh, that is sort of an unfounded myth sir and that mm-hmm. they really never speak about the service industry and sustainability there so sir, mm-hmm. can you you know clear the air or speak about sustainability for the services industry and whether it is a myth or not uh sairaj just a really good question uh if i have to answer that in a particular way one of the biggest things that the uh, the service industry can do is resource utilization which is perhaps the biggest opportunity we have uh, when i say resource utilization i mean everything right from the usage of the funds we receive uh, our people management skills and the rate of adoption of technology plays a really important role uh yes. when it comes to uh, you know achieving sustainability mm-hmm. secondly uh, i think uh, startups should provide a lot of emphasis on audits now when i say audits i don't only mean financial audits you know we have several parameters for audits we have systems audit we have an it audit we have quality management audit and uh, it's very important that we employ uh, project managers or we employ lean managers i'm sure you guys have heard of six sigma management principles oh, and yes, to be yes, very sir. honest there are a lot of management principles out there that you can sort of leverage to make your service uh, uh, your your business which is uh, which is a service more efficient now the developed economies on one side because of the market forces are sort of compelled to achieve this behavior they are working on sustainable practices however the developing nations pose a particular challenge okay. uh, you know uh, to 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 throw some light on the indian context if i may 
uh, most well-funded startups, which are usually in the news, you know, the, the big unicorns, uh, given the fund base they have, they usually, uh, you know, practice whatever I just mentioned right now. True, but the true. big challenge comes when we factor in the MSMEs, which contribute close to 30% of our GDP and are, you know, contributing close to 60% of our uh, exports as well. Now, who's supervising or monitoring the sustainability practices of these MSMEs? This is a big question that uh, we ought to ask ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, thirdly, there's obviously the regulatory framework that's at play. Uh, you know, with quality policies out there and proper enforcement, uh, uh, things should work fine in the services sector. But I truly believe, as a founder of a startup, or as 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 a as a manager, or an, mm -hmm. as an executive, I think it, we should take it upon ourselves to be, uh, uh, you know, proactively taking care of our. Uh, sustainability goals. I, I think yes, that's yes. something that I'd like to say. If we don't adopt to these, we naturally perish, right? And mm. if, if anything, uh, COVID-19 has taught us this. If you don't adopt, you are going to perish. That's true. That's true, sir. That's, that's right. like a lot of things make sense. Like at the end where you said that uh, like oh, MSMEs are always overlooked compared to the big unicorns because they usually don't get that much amount of funding also. That's like, I guess funding is the biggest problem in startups. Uh, like few startups do get a lot of funding, but that idea does not turn out to be good. And few ideas are really amazing, but they do not get funds. Adding on to that, so I, I, I have one question, which I would definitely like many of our viewers would also know, want to ask is a lot of startups have ended up closing down because of COVID. And how did you manage? Like, how did uh, Atitva Private Limited manage to stay afloat during these turns of turmoil? Nevertheless, like, it doesn't uh, matter if you're small or big, but then how did you manage so? Uh, Lalit, uh, Mr. Renar Narayan Murthy, the founder of Infosys, uh, uh, quote, quoted, I, I would like to quote that. He said, the true test of a quality company is the longevity of the company. Yeah. Uh, which means to say over a period of 10 years, there are a lot of ups and downs that you're going to face. And if you're not prepared, uh, you are going to perish. Now, having said that, it's very important that I say that no one in the startup sphere was prepared for such a catastrophic event in our lives. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of the startups uh, survived naturally because of natural barriers or perhaps because of the industry they were in. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the startups sort of pivoted to a different service line or product line altogether. Uh, mm -hmm. And and COVID-19 truly tested the resolve of, of the entire startup ecosystem, uh, if mm -hmm. I may. Now, coming to the, the second part of the question where you asked about Atitva, uh, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, prudence is our biggest arsenal. Uh, you know, we're a small outfit. However, I would like to say that we practice something I would like to call necessary conservativeness. Okay, okay. we weren't, uh, you know, very brash. Our approach was uh, uh, keeping the Japanese framework of startups uh, in our minds where we are very, I, I don't know if you guys have heard of this book called Lean Startup by Eric Rice. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think it's another good read. It talks about how you prudently take your startup uh, forward rather than being very brash. I think uh, yes, 
at the end of the day the question really is are you a responsible startup or are you going to really go be aggressive it's okay to be both i mean we have startups which have been aggressive we have startups which have been you know very conservative in their approach yes. it's the decision uh, the 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 enterprise takes at the end of the day it truly yeah. is it's it, it boils down to that yes sir yeah. uh, speaking of the like you know the initiative that the enterprise takes like you just said in india or like uh, across the world in itself when we talk about you know con- customer responsibility or startup responsibility company responsibility is usually ends starts and ends within the sphere of the csr right every single mm-hmm. company to look good on paper and to look good through a pr stunt or whatever along those lines they do That's things uh, that that come out as that, that come out uh, as their company doing something nice for the public in general and they write it off as csr at the end of the day and the, the story starts and ends over there so sir mm-hmm. irrespective of all of this what do you think is the startups responsibility towards society irrespective of this covid or not what do you think the startup has like a commitment towards society irrespective of this csr activity that they have to do anyway uh, saraj good you mentioned uh, your perspective on this uh, whole thing uh, a startup's responsibility is no more an option it's 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 a compulsion today because uh, if you come to look at it the pressure on natural resources has reached unprecedented levels that's true yes. okay and uh, it's very important that we tackle the resource constraints in the most efficient manner possible and another uh, you know just to add on to what you said sairaj a uh, startup should learn to pick up real problems rather than perceived problems and and there is a, a third and a, and a more worse category where uh, startups are trying to solve mere inconveniences i think this is the biggest problem if a startup starts thinking uh, uh, you know uh, from the perspective of trying to solve real problems i think a lot of the issues uh, get solved if i can give you an example uh, for the benefit of our audience i will give you a very generic yes, example yes, sure. uh, elon musk's spacex okay uh, is is straightforward cutting close to 40% of the costs previously incurred by nasa so for example if nasa is incurring 100 rupees to build something uh, spacex is able to build and deploy at 60 rupees right that is a straight 40% cost saving now yes, and and mind you this is this is taxpayers money we are talking about and yeah. if a private body is acting more responsibly than a government organization it's something that we should rejoice right and he has been a he's been a complete trailblazer for all of us okay yes sir and sense. an example in the indian context i don't know if you guys have heard of neeman shoes i think they are based out of hyderabad or delhi i'm not really sure but uh, these guys are using uh, eco solvents and uh, they, these guys are using merino wool uh which as a sustainable resource to build really good quality multi purpose shoes and and it's a matter of pride that they're from india right so uh saira just to add on to what you said csr is an after effect or it's it's merely an activity in as a collateral to the organization but yes, what's sir. really key is that startups start thinking and solving real problems and and you know if we can just uh rethink on the examples i just gave you right i think 
and 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 uh, very recently mr ambani uh, mukesh ambani when i refer to him mr ambani <laughs> he said rather than uh, complaining about the carbon cycle i think entrepreneurs should take initiative and complete the carbon cycle stop blaming the carbon dioxide and start using that as a natural raw material and start making enterprise around it and i think that's a fantastic opinion coming from a man like that i think uh, most of the uh, uh, most of us should sort of take inspiration and see what can be done with that regard and after all sustainability has to be achieved uh, lalit and sairaj i think we are at a place where there is no option true yes, sir. sir like i was anyways going to ask you like uh, what is like can sdgs be achieved by startups in the indian context but then like your previous question like what was sairaj asked did involve that uh, i'll just move on to a very crucial part so uh, profitability versus sustainability uh-huh. from a consumer's perspective Uh-huh. what do you have to say about that uh see when we are talking about uh, profitability and sustainability there is uh, definitely a negative correlation between the two okay mm-hmm. and uh, however having said that the elasticity completely de- depends on the uh, various economies if you looked at the developing economies like the brick countries it 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 poses a particular challenge however Uh, the developed economies are better placed at 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 uh, managing the balance between the two because we have a lot of eco conscious consumers in the developed economies right again it's at the end of the day the decision of the organization but i i think what you mean uh, by the second part of your question is uh the consumer perspective with regard to sustainability is yes, that what you sort of mean yes, with your question true sir so so again it's a very important uh, aspect that we are to ponder upon it's a good question uh, see consumers are the most important stakeholders in the entire equation uh, what we really need today are conscious consumers who are willing to pay that extra price uh, to derive a commodity or a service that's actually living up to the sustainable standards right and uh, it's very important that consumers sort of adopt uh, very early on if if a product or service is offering sustainable ways uh, you know to the entire society society uh, uh, in general i think these are some of the things that uh, our consumers have to uh, consider uh, you know yes. for sustainability to sort of flower definitely so one thing i observed uh, like throughout the podcast is you mentioned about japanese culture and uh-huh. japanese ideologies why mm-hmm. like why why is that so that you follow the japanese ideologies so uh, i would say uh, like in depth and how do you think it can be implemented in indian context also because i personally feel there are many ideologies in japanese or let's say like management principles also which we have read mm-hmm. about it comes out it's all derived from the japanese culture so how do you think it can be like how our indian context or like in indian context how can, how, how it can be brought up uh see uh, to answer this question uh, we have to understand that uh the economy of japan and the economy of india uh, when you compare them apple to apple not where japan is today but if you just roll back japan's economy to where india stands right now our resource constraints are very much similar okay uh we are not endowed with a lot of natural resource so therefore if you look at what japan did 
uh, with the availability of their resources, they practiced quality management techniques. In fact, to the world, they gave so many, uh, uh, you know, management techniques. For example, if I may quote, what is Kaizen? Uh, Kaizen stands for continuous and never-ending improvement. Yes, sir. I was, yeah. was going to bring that out. So, yeah. So, yeah. So these are the things that the Japanese truly gave us. And they are very innovative. They are very adaptive. Their application of science is really, really, uh, you know, you really have to look up to these guys. In fact, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, say whom not to look up to. But I think the Indian startup ecosystem should start looking at uh, Japan more than what we currently do. I think that's something that uh, got it, sir. That's an opinion that's very personal to me. Makes sense, sir. Yes, got sir. It. yes, sir. Like definitely, uh, that comes into the picture so much because Japan has had its setbacks, including the 2001 stagnation of the Japanese economy. That yeah. no other country sort of at that scale experienced, but Japan was able to sort of turn a lost decade into a profitable decade because of their fast. That's exactly action. correct. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, so, so now we are uh, approaching towards the end of this podcast, which is why mm -hmm. I'm coming to, I think, one of the most important questions that we'll be asking you today is that, sir, now startups, we are going to speak about startups in, in, in reference to the future, right? And we know that startups right now are evolving and are coming up with solutions for problems which we didn't know we even had. Like, for example, uh, uh, startups regarding the Internet of Things, or startups regarding or that deal with especially artificial intelligence. All of these mm -hmm. have become so important that multinational companies, including the likes of Google and Amazon, have been hiring startups who indulge in artificial intelligence and the 21st century kind of thing, services and products, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. making sure these products then turn into the company's name, that is Amazon or Google, and go out to the mm -hmm. world. So in light mm -hmm. of the importance startup is having, and mm -hmm. in light of the crisis we went through and in light of sustainable development goals, what do you think is the future for startups? What do you think is in line for the future through the SDG goals for startups? Uh, adding on to that, sir, like, uh, sorry, sir, but that yeah. adding on to that, uh, could you just like give us, what would be your tip to the young budding entrepreneurs? Um, let's say like our age, uh, youth. Mm-hmm. My one answer will answer both of you. Okay. Uh, before I begin, uh, Sairaj, I have a bit of a disagreement with you, if that's okay. And, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, you know, uh, why I say that is we are in, a, in an exciting journey going forward, right? You know, if you want to achieve your SDG goals, uh, you know, startups are a very important uh, aspect of achieving these goals and one of the key things why is because of the single biggest puzzle that needs attention is innovation funny you should mention artificial intelligence i'm coming to that anyway <laughs> um, uh, you know when when in common parlance when anybody talks about innovation we immediately start talking about say artificial intelligence or yeah. google or amazon which i totally disagree with you know these guys are they do really good innovation no doubt and they are taking the entire limelight uh, yes. however we need to sort of demystify this entire uh, aspect of innovation innovation is everybody's business it is no more just the business of say a google or an amazon you and i need to be innovators for today and uh, and you know it's it's not innovation is not rocket science anymore right and so, yeah. and again 
when we say innovation, we are not just talking about deep technologies that you just mentioned, uh, Sairaj. Innovation could be how can you effectively re-deliver a service? How can mm -hmm. you redesign a supply chain? For all you know, as students, I would say, how are you, how are you assimilating information? In the sense, when you're reading a certain subject, you know that you're not effective. Can you go back, do some homework, and come back and see how effectively you can grasp that knowledge? So that's innovation, really, right? So, true, true. so we really need to demystify innovation. And coming to uh, Lalit's question, Lalit, I think that sort of answers your question. For it does, sir. It does. It's, yes, it's sir. very important that you groom yourselves and start thinking that innovation is also your responsibility rather than just an enterprise's responsibility. Yes, sir. Uh, a, a parting example would be a professor from a college in Bangalore uh, reinvented the humble coconut uh, plant's leaf into a straw. Okay. Oh, and he okay. did this with, with, with very basic uh, materials uh, available in his college laboratory. And mm -hmm. now he's going on to patent this uh, product, which is really sustainable and effective. Uh, and, and I think he's going to be one of the biggest suppliers of sustainable straws in the world. And it's happy to know that it happened in Bangalore. And i happy to know that it happened in a college in Bangalore. Yes, right? So this is innovation we should be talking about. Innovation is everywhere. And that's the, that's the biggest uh, piece of puzzle that needs attention that needs uh, recognition and I think that's going to be really helpful going forward. Yeah, that's that's a really nice perspective. So uh, guys, with that being, uh, we come to the end of the podcast. I hope uh, you all loved it. Thank you so much, sir, for tuning in and sharing your views about the startup culture and giving us so di so distinctive distinctive per perspectives it, it means a lot to like honestly i did learn of quite a few things from this uh guys do tune in for the next podcast which is going to be on 27th of august do share this on spotify apple podcast and google podcasts also stay tuned uh, thanks guys thanks for having me thank you so much sir. thank you so much sir